my apologies, guys. Uh, ran out of space here on uh, my uh, recording app, so grabbing another one here, making a part two of my life story part three. But we're pretty close to landing this thing. So, as I was mentioning, we started to pray about how can we start growing something uh, out of this relationship. Clearly, I was dealing with good Christian parents that wanted the best for their daughter, right? And it was just it was it was just time to stop having these trips, you know, ending with Elise and I driving back down to the cities with her crying or, you know, with her saying, you know, my mom said this and I wasn't happy about it. And and so it was just a matter of we we got to start trying to grow fruit out of this thing. Right. And so um, one of the other weekends we went up, we drove up. It was a cold, cloudy summer day. And um, Elisa's dad was always Minnesota nice to me. And he would always invite me to go fishing on his lake out. Uh, they, ha- they live on a lake and, and he's got a nice boat. And so. Um, we were on a lake fishing once and, um, I just had to take a deep breath and just say, Hey, can we talk about Elise and I, and, you know, I just want to tell you what my goals and my ambitions are. And, and with those ambitions, you know, I'd like to take the next step and, um, I just want your thoughts on it. So he didn't take too long to reply. He just said, you know, sure. What's on your mind? And, um, you know, I, I mentioned that I have some, some things kind of coming together with being able to get a ring and that, you know, I, I stated that this wouldn't proceed unless I had his blessing and that I'm not going to do anything behind anyone's back. Um, and I just was letting him know that it's the next stage that, you know, that nothing has to happen soon. And, um, he quickly smiled and he he gave me a yes, not by saying yes, but by immediately bestowing his first bit of marital advice I was ever going to get. You will need to include your wife in on everything. That's the first step. Just like how now I have to include my wife in on this conversation. Does that make sense? And I was like, yes, sir, it does. Folks, I tell you, it was cloudy on the outside, but on the inside, it was all rainbows and sunshine. While we discussed somewhat of a timeline and some dates to start planning things out, I told them on how I planned to propose, which was we were going on a camping trip to Duluth with all of our friends. I would take her by Lake Superior. Our friends would pose for a big group photo and then bam, Uh, They would ditch out, leaving us standing there for me to be able to get down on one knee and ask the question. And he just states, that just seems like so much. He's like, Elisa's mom and I were having ice cream um, at a place once and she spilled some on her shirt and she was very upset. And then I just asked her and gave her the ring. It was that easy. (laughs) And I was like, boy, if it was that simple. Um he then kind of developed this very tyrannical laugh uh, as he then mentioned, like, dude, my wife has to get braces in a year. And if you're telling me that that's when your engagement's going to end, 
she's going to wind up having braces during your wedding and she's going to hate that. Um, and that was funny. <laughs> and while we didn't catch any fish, surely I caught a future father-in-law and he caught his future son-in-law. And we had a great time laughing about the braces. Sorry, Doreen. As the year passed, we got more involved with our church worship team. And uh, if you folks don't know what that means, it's just the band that plays for the church. Uh, we also got more involved uh, serving a bit. And we started helping out with the youth group there. We began locking things down to move into our own apartment once we got married. And yes, people, we weren't, we were not living together uh, prior to being married. As much as everyone told me that that was foolish and stupid, I just wanted to be as old school as possible. The summer of 2010 came, and on June 19th, uh, we got married. I can attest that that day was near perfect, and I tried not to choke up. And thank God she still said yes. Because if not, it would have been awkward. Marriage started out great. And I don't say started out to say that it's bad now. Far from it. Marriage is work. It's patience. It's understanding. It's communication. It's forgiving. It's asking to be forgiven. It's loving your spouse beyond all immeasurable measures. Now repeat that. And do it all over again. Uh, we got into a pretty good groove in life. Uh, however, it was getting pretty thick. Um, just with how much we were doing. Tuesday nights were the young adult group. Wednesday nights were for the youth group kids. Thursday nights were for the church band practice. I'm sure there was some sort of leader, quote unquote, meetings on Fridays. And then some sort of clean the church up for the kingdom of God uh, Saturdays. And then, boom, Sundays, the show. Now, to throw a little wrench in that transmission of a machine, the two previous youth ministers or leaders had left the church. So once we saw that this was coming up, Elise and I knew that we were going to be the ones that wanted to take this over. It was something that was in our hearts before we even began attending or volunteering at this church. Oh, Remember uh, that little punk that was sitting in youth group at in Pelican Rapids when he was 14 with slits in his arms bleeding um, that felt God say, you're going to be doing this someday, you know, leading a youth group. You guys remember that part of my story when I first started doing this? That was playing out now. It was literally taking effect. But, 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 however, did you all know that some parents, they don't want a tattooed, pierced, young adult leading their high schoolers to have a relationship with Jesus? Because that quickly became a thing. <laughs> Luckily, our pastor um, was a big enough Iron Maiden fan, a recovered drug addict, and a down-to-earth dude who would kindly tell them, hey, you're welcome to take your kids elsewhere. And if you're going to be mean, you can shove it. 
Hey, those are his words, not mine. So any person that's smacking their lips right now, shaking your head, you, you can knock that off. From here, I had to... Uh, let's see. Okay, where was it at? Where was it at? From here, I told the church on how I was ready to to step into a deeper role and 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 a more serious part on what I had this calling, um, and so I was made aware of this program that could help me out. Um, I would have to raise money, and then I could go to this training program called Tent Makers, where they can get me more solidified in youth ministry, and um, have that be more of a of a certified thing to get more leadership training and pastoral training and, and equipping leaders to partake in youth ministry. Um, this was a camp where I lived at outside of two harbors, Minnesota, and I was there for an entire summer and it was kind of like a school abroad, even though it wasn't leaving the country, but everybody else that came in were from other States and I was the only Minnesota guy. So I just drove four hours, versus everybody else like flew in or took a train or I don't know, pixie dust or something to get there. Um, what I can let you guys know though, is that it was a, a very cool thing. I learned how to make an impact and, and not with working with kids or teens or anything like that. I made an impact on myself. Actually, I knew the calling. I knew I wanted to help others. I knew I wanted to use my story. Um, I just needed to get me into a functioning adult version of myself. This schooling really grew me into that leader that I had in me and helped me gain much more perspective on leadership um, and executing my calling uh, to a better extent. The, un the only unfortunate, it was not unfortunate, but the only awkward or weird thing about all of that was that um, after the years of experience that I had being a youth leader, uh, I was now um, getting certified and solidified in this. Um, I was the only member of my class that was doing this, doing it for a long time, not getting compensated. Now, you don't do this for the money, okay? Clearly, I know that, okay? And, and, and not only did I not do it for the money, I, I never made money, mind you. Um, but uh, you guys know that movie, We're the Millers. Um, there was a famous meme that was made out of it um, where the main con is getting paid half a, mil um, half a million dollars to do this terrible job. And he had three goons with him. The second goon was like, whoa, you're getting paid, you know, half a million. You know, you only offered me, you know, 30 grand. And, you know, goon number two was like, you're getting 30 grand. I'm only getting paid a thousand. And then the poor last schmuck was like, you guys are getting paid. That was me. It was literally me hanging out with like 30 or 40 youth pastors, youth ministers from across the United States. And we were all having dinner one night and they're all talking about their salaries. And you, you guys, I was so boggled. Not that they were getting paid for that. Let them get paid for that. It's that. Not only did I not know you could do that, but it seemed like if it hadn't been brought up to me now, when the hell is that going to happen? Because I've put in a lot of time and 
a lot of hours and, and a lot of phone calls at two in the morning with kids whose kids are busted from the cops or someone who's, you know, suicidal or whatever. I, I've dealt, I dealt with that in the few years that I was at this church. And so I literally sat there in this classroom full of, you know, all these ordained ministers and youth pastors, and they were all laughing at the fact that, you know, the only chump of change I would get was to buy the kids some pizza. And while this sounds like some sort of slam against the church, and when I mean the church, you guys, I mean like, you know, all of Christianity or, or you know, that whole bubble of that. Um, not trying to get into that. That's not what I'm trying to do. Uh, that's not my intention. What The low key factor that I was learning um, was knowing my value, knowing my worth. And if there wasn't going to be a discussion of salary or at minimum getting ordained that it would be time to move on. It's not like, you know, the calling stops. You just, you just see yourself doing it somewhere else, you know, momentarily. And so that school ends, I go back home and I bring this up and I bring this up and it hit a very hard brick wall. It didn't happen, and it didn't, it didn't look like it was going to happen. And before I was going to start becoming a bitter person and having this affect my marriage, my soul, uh, anything that caused spite, uh, we began to pray about leaving the church and see what the next big thing in life was. The winter of 2012 hit, and Elise, bless her soul, was awesome and bought me a flying lesson. She knows how much I love aviation and, um, you know, how, how much it's just rooted into, you know, something that brings me so joy. So, um, she got me a, a flying lesson at the, um, local little municipal airport here by our house. And, um, we flew over Maple Grove and we witnessed the sunset giving a wonderful orange glow to the snow covered earth. And you guys, I felt so at peace about things, you know, some of you are thinking like, well, how, you know, how couldn't you Alfred? You're obsessed with that stuff. Like, no, it, it kind of just seriously felt like God was just kind of humming through, you know, the, the noise of that Cessna. And I just felt like this, like, Hey, I got you. Um, and we did, we, we eventually, um, we went back to that church, we stepped down, and um, to the displeasure of our youth group, who supported us greatly, um, they understood why it was happening. And I'll tell you, when a 13-year-old girl wants to kick down a pastor's door and asks, why are you letting them go? You know you've made an impact. And to this day, we still see these wonderful faces as they are mostly married, have had wonderful adventures, they're succeeding, they're becoming parents. Those faces and that time poured into those kids will never be forgotten. A year went by and I actually, I returned to that camp, um, but this time to help out as a job. Um, what I can tell you is, is that um, if you want to be involved in ministry, the greatest leader is the greatest servant. And so start stacking chairs. Now, <laughs> I left a church that I thought was burning me out 
that I thought was using me for no pay, requiring most of my free time to then live at a camp where I worked all day with little to no free time. <laughs> I mean, I was getting paid, right? Uh, the few moments that I would have um, to really Im- make an impact with teens, uh, it would just be the waves of teenagers that we would get coming in every two weeks from all corners of the of the U.S. Um, it wasn't on a stage preaching or, or playing guitar, singing Kumbaya. It was during their hard time breaking away from society, missing their parents, uh, secluding themselves by not feeling camaraderie or connections, um, feeling anxious, feeling alone. That's when I got to work. While the rate, while the weight of running a summer camp kitchen for 17 hours a day uh, wasn't hard enough, Elise and I experienced heartbreak um, as she got pregnant and suffered a miscarriage. While some things uh, were working out well in life, this one really hurt, and uh, it hurt bad. And what I can tell you guys is that at no point did I ever think God took our baby to teach us something. God took our baby because he needs us to understand. God took our baby. I would just do my best to just squash that, any thoughts like that. Um, Whatever it was that the devil was trying to get me to think, to sink me into a bitter state, it would hurt. But we mourned. We prayed, we healed. It took time, but I can let you guys know that we went through it. The summer ended uh, with me no longer working at the camp, um, but the last two weeks I actually got to lead um, in tangent with the other instructors, uh, the other instructors, and I got to bring the two me's of my youth group, of my old youth group. So the two. The two Alfredos, the two troublemakers, um, guys making farting noises, the guys that always would have to wear my Jar Jar Banks mask of shame, um, they were down to go to this uh, teen leadership experience. And um, I got to come back down to the cities, pack them up. We got to enjoy a road trip together, just guys. We got to go into Duluth, which is one of my favorite cities. We got to just hang out, just being young men, which I think is so critical and so needed amongst guys. Um, that's a memory that I can also delight in, um, even after such a tragedy that my wife and I went through. The fall of 2013, Elise and I began to save up to buy a house. Um, we were splitting a house with our dear friend, Ryan, who had just gotten married and well, it was time for each couple to enjoy their own house in their own space. And, uh, we began, uh, we began, uh, getting good traction and, uh, um, and finding a house and, uh, lo and behold, as they say, my wife was pregnant again and this one stuck around. In 2014, I then began uh, working for Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge as staff, as support, um, to help further the faith-based drug counseling and rehab ministry the program has to offer. 
guys like me, lost, addicted, needing direction, needing guidance, needing support, needing a good brother. Um, pointing out that a, a structured program uh, with a warm bed and three meals a day was way better than whatever plan I thought I could stick to um, in my terrible teens that would only last three to six months and then I'd screw up again. Um, that job didn't last, if I'm being real with you guys. It lasted about a year. Um, but um, the closer we got to expecting our future little bundle of sass and class and dance known as our daughter Leia... Um, I shifted more into uh, what I was, you know, what, what was I going to do next after that? And so I also wrote in here, can you guess who picked her name out? Well, yeah, can you? <laughs> Let's see. My daughter was born. And then after um, the first few months of my wife having work off, we came to the realization that even though I was doing the type of work that I wanted to do and that my my degree through tent makers actually allowed me to kind of do that job. I wasn't making enough money. And, and my wife as a hairstylist who is phenomenal at her job, she, she brings in the bacon no matter what. Um, I decided to stop working and I became the stay at home dad for about seven months. I, um, took the role and, um, I, I learned to lose my fear of, uh, not dropping a baby by getting good at holding my baby. Um, I, I had to learn to lose my fear of not being a good father and, and, and learn to be a good father. <laughs> um, I learned how to hold a baby, feed the baby with a bottle, clean her up, assure her safety, and sing, sing, sing to her nonstop. 2015, uh, my friend Derek, who I used to work with at Target back in the day, um, hit me up and was uh, was telling me that he works for an IT company now and that they were looking for help and that if you know if at any point I was going to start working again, that I, that they would definitely take me and uh, and hire me on. And so, um, when my wife and I felt it was the right time, um, we found a nanny for our daughter as she was, you know, now a a chubby, you know, toddler. And, and, you know, we, we felt like we poured enough into her to, you know, we wouldn't feel like we just dumped our baby on someone else right after she was born. Um, I started working for this IT company and, um, I would work there for seven years. You guys, um, very, very recent as a matter of fact, um, in 2016, uh, we found ourselves uh, helping some friends uh, launch their church, and we helped with music. We helped with whatever we could, and we did this as a new mom and dad. We learned how to live life with a baby. We would pack all of my music gear the night before. We would stage it by the door. When the morning came, we would put baby first, get the baby in the car, and the rest of the crap somehow found its way there. We also decided, since we didn't back when we first got married, um, to take a somewhat of a, of a honeymoon. Um, as we discovered that our favorite band, Demon Hunter, you know, the band that sort of got us talking years ago, uh, they were going to be on a heavy metal cruise. And so 
That's right. You heard that correctly. A cruise ship with nothing but heavy metal concerts on it. So, to quote the great Forrest Gump, Jenny and I was like peas and carrots, as Elise and I loved every second of that cruise. Kid free. Speaking of kid free, Elise was pregnant again <laughs> with our son Draven. Now, I will admit that um, when I first became a dad uh, with a daughter, it was very easy to me to sink to that state of uh, being so in love and and having her wrap me around her fingers and and her smile and her eyes just melting me. Um, But if I'm being very real with you guys, I was terrified to be a dad to a son. Um, Just because... I was like, I'm a screw up and I didn't have my dad around all those young years. And, and my stepdad was cool for just a few years. And then once I got annoying, you know, he, he stopped caring. And I was just like, Oh, what if I'm the same way? And what if, what if I neglect my son? And what if he turns out to be a screw up like me? And, and once again, guys, um, I just found myself having to do it. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, He's six now. Um, super smart. A well of knowledge and thirsts for input. And he loves science and he loves dinosaurs. And he is to dinosaurs what I am to fighter jets. Like you, like, like when other kids were reading Goosebump books, like I was reading about fighter jets. And that's how my son is. Like he doesn't care about a story he cares about like dinosaur facts and like paleontology and like jellyfish and sharks. Like he just wants to learn that stuff. And, um, I just, I just got to string it along, man. And, and be good all these years that he's young. Cause, um, you know, my stepdad's helped me as a teen. Uh, my dad and I finally gained some, some awesome, uh, connection points as a teenager so clearly I'm ready for that um so you know as much as I I don't want to wait and I want those teenage years um he's six right now and I I love to hold him and I love to hear him talk and I wish I would have held him more as a baby once my son joined us uh we became a full house and while that house is hardly ever clean it's lived in between the unicorn stuffed animals on the couch, the Jurassic Park toys scattered throughout the house, a guitar probably leaning up against my lounger, the cat shedding fur all over the house, our dog that we got back in 2021. I left that IT company after seven years because I felt like I needed to go back into my calling. I also have been having this idea for this podcast since 2019. And so I took a major leap of faith um, and I took a job at my kid's school as uh, an MTSS student support specialist and also an educational assistant. Um, Been doing that since the start of the school year and it's so rewarding. And between that and um, the podcast, writing for it, uh, you know, making the logo that I made for it, the photo and everything like that, 
um, it's kept me busy and it's a, it's a fun kind of busy. It's a hectic kind of busy and I am loving it so much. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just getting a little emotional. Um, I thank you guys for, uh, jumping on this ride with me. Um, as I went from a young kid in California growing up in Northern Minnesota, uh, my widespread crazy youth and teen years out in Los Angeles and Fergus Falls, Fargo, North Dakota, Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, now here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, folks, this is where I'm at. I am thankful for freedom from my addictions. I am grateful for continued mercy from God with the things I struggle with. I am grateful for my vast array and variety of friends from all walks and talks in life. I am grateful for my wife and kids. I didn't think I'd live past 19. And as of today, October 21st, 2022, it's 8, 10 in the morning right now. I have turned 36. It is my birthday. I'm 36 years old. I'm working on getting my health straightened out, dropping some weight, managing this podcast for you, working on music, not giving up on my dreams. I hope that you can find comfort, security, solace, peace on where you're at and that you have an ignition to if it's your struggling faith, if it's your 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 desire for sobriety, if it's your need for camaraderie, for friends, for someone to listen to, someone to write into, someone to vent to, I hope you can say that life's turned around for yourself as well, just like I've told you through my life story. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out. As usual, I will remind you guys um, that um, I now have a inbox. This is where I'm at at gmail.com. All one word, no spaces, no capitals, no apostrophes. This is where I'm at at gmail.com. Write me any questions. Share your stories with me. Anything you want to compare. Do you not believe in God, but would you want some prayer for something or for someone that you care for or love for? Let me know. I also started a Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can look up. This is where I'm at with your host, Alfredo Carranza Jr. You will see that 90s um, alternative artist photo of me sitting on a big rock with a big bridge behind me. Um, you can message me through the Facebook messenger as well. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for the likes that it's been getting for the views that it's been getting as well. Uh, the Facebook page gives you the direct link to Castbox, which is where I stream it from. Castbox is free. Um, it only has one ad on it. Once you close it out, boom, you're golden. Um, I had one friend that's like, dude, every time I open it up, like, it's, it's asking me for money. And I'm like, dude, I think you downloaded the wrong app. And then I just realized it's that the, the ad kind of takes up like where the album cover would be. And once you close that, then you'll see my picture there. But yeah, you guys, that's my life story. 
I hope the hook was good for you. I hope that through all of that black and all that, all those negative moments that I was talking about, I hope that um, this ending um, really puts some wind under your wings and that, um, you know, you keep joining me. Um, after this, um, I'm having guests. We're having subjects. Um, we're going to be doing those things that the intro is stating. And so um, I'm excited to continue this. Thank you guys for your patience. We're going to be try doing two things a month, two posts a month. So you guys don't have to just wait for a month to go by. Thank you so much for your patience. You guys, my name is Alfredo Carranza, and this is where I'm at.